Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. It is truly a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. What do you say? God has been good to us from the time we were born until now. And I tell you, I give him all the praise and all the glory because of his goodness towards us. I want to take this time to welcome our visitors. We see that we have many visitors here with us today. I'll take this time to welcome back Sister Lybird and Sister Adrian. They were away for a few weeks. And I'm um, very happy to have my daughter, Sister Shante, with us today. We pray that, brethren, that we will continue pray for pray for one another because power is in the prayer. Let us pray. Dear Father, we call on you this morning to send a word. I pray that your people will not see or hear me, but they will see you and hear you. Bring conviction to our hearts through your words. Draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This is an awesome responsibility. What do you say? I'll be talking about a story that we have heard many times about the woman with the issue of blood, the touch of faith, and it's taken from Mark 5, verse 21 and uh, through 34. I want to also thank Brother Campbell for those kind words. Let us turn our Bibles to... Mark 5, 21 through 34. And it says, and I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders or rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Amen. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, 
touched my clothes. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your fate has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And I say, praise the Lord. If you have ever been to the doctor, then you have seen him make notes in your folder or your chart. He is making a record of your symptoms, your diagnosis and your treatment so that he or any other physician might be able to see what treatment you have already had. A good doctor will keep a case file on every single person he treats in his practice. These files are supposed to be kept confidential and secret. The doctor isn't supposed to talk about you or your condition with anyone else. Without doubt, there are some interesting things in a doctor's files. I am sure that most doctors encounter many strange cases as they treat people day by day. Today, I want to open a case, a case file of the physician who kept good and accurate records of the cases he treated. However, he does not hide the facts surrounding any of his cases from the view of anyone. In fact, he has written the records of his cases in the most popular book of all times, the Bible. During the course of his ministry, Jesus encountered many strange cases. He was able to overcome them all by his power and because he is God. One of his strangest cases is recorded for us in the verses we have read today. In this case, Jesus, the great physician, doesn't touch the patient. He doesn't prescribe any medicines. He doesn't even make a diagnosis but his patient was cured, was cured, sorry, nonetheless. Amen. These verses tell a tale of a sick, burdened woman who is healed by the power of our Lord Jesus. Amen. She paints a picture for us of what happens when any sick individual meets the great physician. Yes. Let's take some time today to look into this case with the woman with the issue. Of blood. First, we look at the diagnosis. The Bible says that she has an issue of blood. This mean, means that she is emerging from some place in her body. It could have been a fibroid tumor. She could be bleeding from anywhere in her body. Whatever the source of her bleeding was, it was a condition that literally ruined her life. It had drained her vitality, her health, and her fitness. According to the law of Moses, 
which is in uh, Leviticus 15, 19, 25 through 27, this woman was considered to be unclean. She was to keep her distance. People would shout things like, unclean, unclean, when she passes by. She was literally cut off from worship, from going to the temple. She was cut off from her friends, her family. Anyone or anything that she touched was also considered unclean. As a result, she could not mingle with people in public lest she cause them to be defiled. She could not go into the women's court of the temple because she was unclean. She could not be married because she would defile her husband. If she had ever been married, her husband would have been forced to divorce her. She, would not, she could not work around others because of the danger of defilement. This reduced her to a life of begging scraps of food from a distance. Her condition left her on the fringes of society. It seems very dismal, right? There are people like her all around us today. Maybe you are tired of everything that is going on in your life. It may not be as bad as this woman with the issue of blood. But I am here to tell you that faith is born when man's ability fails. Faith starts at the point of human's limitation. Let's look at the duration. She had been plagued with this condition for 12 years. And when we think about an issue or a problem that we have, we may have it for a month. Or, okay, a day. I'll start with a day. A month, you know, a couple months, a year. But this lady had the very same issue for 12 long years. When she started out, she had money, friends, family. But now, she had nothing. It says, imagine 12 years, that's 4,383 days, 144 months, 624 weeks, 105,192 hours. No hugs. She could not prepare a meal for her family, even if she had one. She could not do housework. She couldn't be a wife, as we said. She couldn't be a mother. For all intents and purpose, she was good as dead. The danger. Despite all her efforts and those of her doctors, her condition just continued to deteriorate. As a matter of fact, um, Dr. Luke said, she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. She, this woman has come to rock bottom. Know that when you hit rock bottom, you are just right for God. And I say, Amen. praise the Lord. Then we look at verses 27 through 29, which this is the circumstances of her healing. 
One, it, invo it involved facts. This woman had heard of Jesus somewhere. I wonder who told her. Perhaps it was someone else who had been healed by touching his garments. Luke 6 verse 19 says, however it happened, somewhere she had heard about this man named Jesus. Number two, it involved faith. She believed that merely touching his garments would make all the difference for her. Contrast her faith with that of Jairus. He believed that Jesus could come and heal his daughter by his touch. This woman believed that she would be healed just by touching the hem of his garment. Both ex exhibited great faith, but I believe hers was a bit deeper. I just imagine her sitting around her kitchen table and just thinking about all these things that are going on in her life. She cannot be out there in the public. If she should ever go out in the public, someone from a distance is calling out unclean and she just have to go on the other side or just walk so far away from her. But I believe as she think more about what God has done for other people, she started to encourage herself. And I just imagine she might have started to look at some of the hymns in our hymnal, and she started to sing, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And or she might look at the number we sang this morning, number 100, and it says, Great is thy faithfulness, yeah. O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee, or your grace and mercy yes. brought me through. I am living this moment because of you. Amen. Or she might have looked through the Bible, her Bible, and she read aloud Psalms 46, 1 and 2 which says, God is my refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Will not fear, though the earth give way, or the mountain fall in the heart of the sea. Or Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I love that text, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, or Psalm 16, seven and eight, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in, in the night season. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. And I say, praise the Lord. As she encouraged herself in the Lord, I imagine she also read Psalms 3, 3 and 4. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Oh. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but in all points, tempted as we are, yet without sin. Amen. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith 
And as she encouraged herself in the Lord, she said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. As she encouraged herself in the Lord, she says, faith without work is dead. I cannot sit here around this table. I must get up and go out to meet the master. She was desperate. She says, Lord... I have to go by faith. I cannot let anyone stop me. Brethren, if anyone is saying anything about you, forget them. The the goal is Jesus. You know, people may say, I know the Pharisees and all the disciples around about him was calling her unclean. I mean, if they ever knew that it was her in the crowd, they would have pushed her away. But I believe she had her face, you know, disguised with cloth and stuff around it so they didn't even realize but I tell you God is there to protect us every single step of the way oh praise the name of the Lord I tell you I remember uh, this morning I was driving to church and I remember a story of faith about uh, my sister when she came to this country she received a letter from the voters registration office And it was an application, and she completed the application. No, she just came here. She didn't have any papers, right? So she completed the application, and she mailed it in. And she received a voter's registration card. And she walked around with that registration card for years and years, but she never voted. Okay? All right. So now she got her green card, and all of that passed. And now you know how they give you this temporary green card? And now is the time they are giving you the permanent. So now she got called for the permanent. She had her date and everything set. Now she just found out that she has breast cancer. And in that same week, she received a letter from immigration that she will be deported because she frauded the government of the United States of America. So, you know, she came and she was crying and she said, you know, but God, God knows everything. I am going to trust him that somehow I'm going to get out of this, right? Amen. So I went with her to uh, uh, an attorney. You probably know him, Attorney Panzer. He's always on the Jamaican station, very expensive. And I said, you know, I heard he's a very good attorney. Let's yeah. try and go over there. So we went there, and we presented our case to him, and he says $10,000. We said, Lord of mercy. I'm like, and she's looking at me, I'm like, "Uh -uh. we have to try to find another attorney. And she went to, she spoke to a few people and they referred her to another attorney in Fort Lauderdale. And they probably, I think she, they charged her something like $3,000. But anyhow, when she went to that attorney, I couldn't go with her that day. So I called her the evening and I was asking her, you know, how did everything turn out? And she says, you know, the attorney looked at the case and said, you are in big trouble. Now, his office was somewhere up on the 8th or ninth floor in one of those buildings downtown Fort Lauderdale. And she said, come here to the attorney. Say, look out there. You see all of those buildings and the sky? This is the Lord, the Lord who I trust in. 
So if you can't do it, I know who can do it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, my faith, I'm like, was strengthened from that. She has such a faith. Uh, when I go to see her when she was going through her chemotherapy, she would pray for me. I am there to pray for her, but she is so strong in her faith. And I tell you, to make a long story short, and on the day for the hearing, actually when she went back to the attorney, the attorney said, you know, the judge assigned to your case is the worst judge in Broward County. Okay. And she says, okay, that's all right. I mean, I know I have prayed to the Lord. I have laid everything out. And I've told him, I says, Lord, and then she got a, um, a letter from her doctor saying that she's going through chemotherapy. But can you imagine the stress of that yeah. and the stress of being deported? My mom passed away and she could not go just because of that, right? So anyhow, the morning she's getting ready to go. She had no idea about this judge. But I tell you, brethren, when God is for you, yeah. I tell you, she went into the court, and the same morning that the, uh, the judge supposed to sit in to hear her case, that judge had a heart attack. No. Oh, my God. I'm like, not that, you know, yeah. not to say that's bad, but I tell he is the worst judge, she was told, in Broward County. And the judge she went before, it was a lady judge. And all the lady judge said, my dear, your case is dismissed. I said, praise the name of the, I said, fax me that paper. I need to put it in my Bible and on my refrigerator and walk around with it. When you turn everything over to the Lord, you'll see how he can work for you. The, the thing said, this case is dismissed. And now she, she is she's just about getting ready to... Um, apply for a censorship yeah. because now it's the time. But she has her green card. She could travel wherever she wants to go. You can't tell her nothing. All she does is praise the Lord Hallelujah. because he has come through so much for her. And now, brethren, she has not even a trace of cancer. She was at stage four. Amen. Stage four. And now not even a trace. The doctors can't even understand. But from when she told me that she told an attorney, I'm like, oh, praise the name of the Lord. I am so encouraged through her, or her stories and, and her blessings. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Praise him. This woman with the issue of blood, we just get the picture of a very large crowd packed pressing against Jesus. And when the disciples looked around and said, and I think with a little sarcasm, what is he talking about? How could he ask, who is pressing against me when so many people, so many people around him pressing on him? But that just goes to show us we could be right in his presence and not touching him. Amen. He was surrounded by people who were concerned about who is going to sit on the right, who is going to sit on the left, who will be the leader of Sabbath school, who will be the first elder or elders, Amen. who will be in charge of this ministry and that ministry. They never touched him. 
This tells us that we can be coming to church every week, singing in the choir, officiating in Sabbath school and divine service, leader of Bible class, no disrespect, Brother Campbell, leader of different departments, being in the very presence of God, yet not touch him. Or we walk into church, sing a few songs, raise our hands and our hearts toward heaven, pray and worship in his presence, just Jesus, and yet still not touched him. Amen. There's a story of a man named Eric, and I'm getting ready to wind down. He woke up in the hospital after a devastating accident at his workplace. He had severely a broken neck and a number of other traumatic injuries. When he was able to speak with the doctor, he asked what is his chances of surviving and walking again. The doctor told him that only 3% of patients with his injury ever recover enough to walk again. Eric became somber for a moment, then said, 3%? I'll take it. (laughs) So with the doctor's 3%, in one hand, and Almighty God in the other, Eric believed God for a miracle. Then he asked if he would be able to play the violin if he recovered. The doctor replied, if you can walk out of here, you'll be able to play the violin. Great, said Eric. I could never play it before. (laughs) To make a long story short, Eric is walking and praising God, even today. Oh, praise the Lord. The reaction in verses 30 through 31. As soon as this woman touched, touches him, Jesus knows what has happened. Just for the record, He knew about it before it happened. But he knows that virtue has gone out of him. This is a word that means power. We get our modern day words dynamite and dynamic from it. Jesus knows what has happened. He asks the question in verse 30, who touched my clothes? Of course, there were dozens of people touching him. But the term endearment, you know, this lady started, the story started out saying a certain woman. But at the end, it says, my dear daughter. And I say, praise the Lord. That's a term of endearment, which means when the Lord pick you up and dust you off and turn you around, no matter where you came from, oh, he is ready to use you for his glory. And I say, praise the Lord. When Jesus stopped and publicly exposed her healing, he gave her what she needed most. Everybody knew now she had been healed. They didn't need to hear it secondhand. They didn't need to buy a newspaper, turn on the TV, get a text message, an Instagram or an email. They didn't have it in those days, you know. But anyhow, 
Jesus told them. This woman was ill not because Jesus wanted her or because she was the only one who needed healing, but rather because she had faith. As with previous instances of Jesus healing someone, it ultimately brings us face to face with two stories of God's amazing healing power. We find a woman who have been sick with an incurable condition for 12 years and a little girl who has been well for 12 years. But now at the point of death, all may come with their needs to our compassionate Lord. The ground always was and always will be level at his feet. Amen. And as I close, grace and faith. As this woman walked through those years of suffering, every step she took was along a path of grace that was leading her steadily close, closer to her encounter with the Lord. When she arrived at the intersection where their paths met, met, she was given the faith to believe and to receive from his hand the healing she desperately needed. Such is how salvation works. Do you need a special touch from the Lord today? As illness or trouble or circumstances beset you and you feel hurt, lonely, homeless, hopeless? Do you feel overwhelmed by the problems of this life? Do you feel that God is too far away from you? Do you feel depressed? Do you feel like giving up or quitting? Well, now is not the time. When you are at those points in your life, that's the time he is ready to build you up. Amen. And like my sister always say, the Lord doesn't remodel. He tears down and he built from scratch. Amen. As we travel the pathway of life, we are brought into contact with Jesus through the grace of God. When we are at that crossroad, the simple exercise of faith in him brings salvation to the lost soul. Some of you are at that crossroad today. Now is the time to exercise faith in him so you may be healed from the disease of sin that is slowly killing you and dragging you down. Our world is filled with people like the sick woman. They may have their physical afflictions, but their real disease is a disease of the soul and of the heart. All they need for their healing is to get to Jesus. If you will come to him today, yes. he will heal the problem in your soul. He will give you a new life in him. Friend, I don't know where your journey is today, but I know that the path of grace has brought you to a crossroad today. I plead with you, as this woman did, let nothing hinder you from coming to Jesus for your soul's salvation right now. And when the Lord is willing and ready to work through you, although the problem was 12 years, it happened immediately. When she touched the M of his garment, the Bible says she was healed 
immediately, which means instantly at that moment. Yes. So although you have gone through many things in your life, reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.